So I think we have a decent number of folks here. Let's go ahead and jump in. Uh, we have JJ, Federico are both with us. We're gonna be talking about uh, SEO and how as competitive Intel folks, we can either use that to our advantage or how we can partner with SEO experts. And so uh, why don't we start with just introductions about uh, from both of you. So uh, JJ, why don't we start with you? What's up? Yeah, um, so I spent eight years at Adobe and various product marketing functions. And one of them was establishing the competitive intelligence team for the Adobe Experience Cloud. So the B2B MarTech side of Adobe, not the creative studio side. Um, and on the on that side of that, the business, there were multiple products and, and each of those had their own product marketing teams and each of those had their own competitive expert on their competitor set. So my job was more about kind of establishing CI programs like win-loss and enablement and uh, SEO and comparison pages kind of fell under that responsibility as well. So, um, and then after that, I, I last year I went to Amplitude and um, did the same thing, started their competitive intelligence function. And in a couple of weeks, I'll be joining a new company to do that all over again. So um, that's that's me in a nutshell. Heck yeah. Awesome. And also JJ uh, does some really cool stuff with SEO for his side hustle too. So we'll, we'll talk into that. We'll talk about that as well. Uh, Federico, what's up? Why don't you give us a little two minute background? Yeah. Awesome. Uh, hi everyone. My name is Federico. I'm, I'm a copywriter. I, I've always been a copywriter. Um, I was doing copy in Spanish back in Argentina a few years ago and I kind of transitioned into the world of uh, digital. I started writing copy in English uh, then I narrowed down to uh, being a copywriter just for SaaS companies because I love tech. I, I love you guys, the kind of people that you get to meet uh, in the SaaS space. Um, so I narrowed down to SaaS. And then by chance, I, I did two, three different projects that uh, where I had to write comparison pages. And I realized like I could uh, package that up because I had a really strong process to uh, get the project from research to writing and even designing, even though I, I wasn't offering design services at, the, at that point, but designing comparison pages along with, uh, with our clients. And, and I said, I want to package this up. This is great. I, I enjoy writing these kind of pages. And that's where my, my company uh, was born. And we do comparison pages or competitor-based content. That's basically what we do. Mm. So why don't, let's, let's, let's keep on that topic for a little bit, because I think that's the way most of us as product marketers start out where we think of ourselves mostly as copywriters when we're creating comparison or competitive uh, landing pages, right? Uh, we don't really have that kind of SEO lens or perspective to really lean on to optimize that content to rank on Google and whatnot. So how, how did you progress from a copywriter, Federico, into learning about SEO? What did that journey look like? Yeah, great question. Um, I would say, I would still say I'm not an SEO expert uh, at all. And, and SEO is such a big thing, right? You can use SEO for so many aspects of content, business, whatever. Um, so there's so much to learn that I, I wouldn't dare call, call myself a, an SEO expert. But I did learn how to use SEO for the kind of projects that, that, that I was involved in, like specific landing pages, uh, website copy. I mostly um, did website copy and landing pages for my, my clients. And for different clients, I had the uh, opportunity of working with different uh, SEO specialists. And I, 
I, I'm not ashamed to say that I basically, I, I was stealing from the best uh, that I was working with. And certain people uh, shared uh, different frameworks with me and I kind of pick, picked up on that. And, and I, I also read a bunch of stuff online on my own. There's, uh, there's this guy, for example, that I love who's uh, called uh, Steve Toth and uh, he runs SEO Notebook and he shares every week, he shares a note from his notebook of SEO ideas, right? And very tactical, very easy to implement. So I kind of like kept learning uh, on my own and then working with different people, different projects. And that's what I, how, how I learned how to um, at least put the SEO aspect to a decent level uh, when you're working with us. Mm, okay, so it sounds like, and how long, how, how long have you been how long has that been since you start off as just kind of like a, a copywriter to to today? Like, what what does that kind of journey look like in terms of years? Uh, I would say um, I would probably talk about uh, starting in twenty seventeen. Okay, because that's when I when I I went full time copywriter for SaaS and uh, and working in English. So I would say from that point on uh, till till today. Yeah. Okay, got it. That's a helpful kind of time frame. Um, because obviously, yeah, again, that's a you're being very humbled, not being wanting to, to, to be called an expert. I totally get where you're where you're coming from. It takes a long time to to really start to hone in on a complex kind of technical skill like SEO. Um, in a lot of cases, you know, me included, I have to work just like with SEO experts. I say, here's the copy. Tell me what I got to do, or ahead of time, what should I do before I start writing the copy? And JJ, I know that you have been in a similar position both at Adobe and Amplitude. So um, why don't you give us a little bit of a taste of how um, how it, it's like for you, how it's been for you working with SEO folks at both of those companies? Like, what 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 did that partnership look like? Yeah, so when I when I was at Adobe, uh, we were uh, part of the product group, and so we didn't sit with the marketing team very closely. So it was kind of um, not like an intuitive process to to get set up with that team. And but we over time kind of developed this really good collaboration with with the marketing team. Um, there was a, a specific person who was over all of the search uh, search engine marketing and SEO, and so we we kind of developed this program. You know, he he would ask us basically just for a list of competitors. He would go do all the keyword research, come back with some ideas of, of, you know, how to, how to structure these pages. Um, and then we came back kind of like Federico as copywriters. Like we came back with the copy for, you know, the first draft of the copy anyway, for the, for these comparison pages. And he would then, you know, kind of work his SEO magic and do that, um, do that process. So it was really kind of that like the iterative process, but, um, at Amplitude, it was, it was a little bit different because, uh, I was part of the marketing team. And so it was much more kind of, uh, ingrained in that culture where, um, like competitive marketing was just kind of part of the, the process. And it was actually kind of the, one of the primary responsibilities that I had was building out these, these marketing programs. And so they had some competitive, um, uh, SEO done already, and it was just kind of plugging into that process that they had already developed, which was really nice. Nice. Yeah, I remember you mentioning that uh, just the strategies of deploying content at Adobe versus Amplitude, it was different, right? So you, didn't you mention that at Adobe, it was fair, it was pretty gated versus at Amplitude. It was like, they wanted to give it away for free. Can, can you dive into that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So first just want to talk about the, the team structure or whatever, but they had the, as far as different approaches, 
um, the way I look at it, there's there's kind of the the marketing approach where you want to create some kind of uh, incentive for them to fill out a lead gen form or whatever. And so that's that's the approach that Adobe took is we created these really in-depth guides of you know why you should choose Adobe over competitor X. Um, and we had it gated behind uh, a lead form. And so on the page was just kind of a teaser of here's, you know, here's five reasons why you should choose Adobe over, uh, you know, Salesforce or Google Analytics or whatever the competitor was. And it would just be like a, a teaser of that. And then they download the form and it, it worked pretty well actually for generating leads. And you know that then they're, they're in that process of, of evaluating multiple uh, vendors. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, with Amplitude, it was totally different. It was just like, let's have it, all the information out there. Um, so they, instead of, instead of building those gated pages, we built out the comparison charts and really in-depth stuff all on the page. And our SEO team's philosophy was that, you know, longer content is better for Google. It ranks higher and, 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 and that kind of stuff. And also it was more just about being objective and unbiased. Whereas Adobe was like, here's why we're awesome and better. Um, Amplitude's comparison pages were just as, as objective as possible. We worked really closely with the legal team to make sure that we could, uh, that we were saying correct things about competitors. You know, a lot of people don't take that approach. They're just like, they're just out there, you know, dropping FUD and and all that kind of stuff. But we were just very objective and linking to sources from the competitor. And, um, and then the other thing that Amplitude did differently was blogs. So we had um, on staff, there was a, a an analytics influencer. You know, has like fifty thousand followers or something on LinkedIn. Uh, I didn't know there was analytics influencers before I joined, but they had him write a blog post comparing Amplitude and Google Analytics for you know the new version that's coming out. Mm-hmm. So when you search for a- Amplitude versus GA four, then two things show up. One is is the blog that he wrote, and then the other is this really in depth uh, comparison page. Uh, and both of those rank in like the top five results you know once you get below the ads because there's always ads for those types of comparative words but two very different approaches got it no i'm looking at it right now that's cool okay very very cool yeah that's um those are two interesting approaches and i think when i am you know looking at you know the marketing kind of consensus on linkedin and twitter and stuff like that i think one of the hot topics is like people say never gate content ever, like give it all away for free, all that kind of stuff. And don't get me wrong. I I love that concept, but it sounds like it worked pretty well at Adobe that you were able to kind of gate some of it. You were able to get a decent number of leads from gating some of that information or maybe teasing some of it beforehand. And then maybe I'm, I'm also thinking like, okay, if you are gating some of it, somebody expresses interest and then sharing some of that information, even though it is biased, it might almost you might almost be able to think of that as like a white paper versus like a true like unbiased resource and so i'm just trying to think of like okay it, everything it, it depends everything is it depends like it sounds like both of those strategies worked decently well for both adobe and amplitude right yeah i, I guess it comes down to like what are your objectives and, right and with adobe they it was a little bit different because like very clearly the leader in the marketing cloud space at the time, uh, you know, still is now it's not in the marketing cloud anymore, but anyway. Um, so they, they were kind of taking the approach of like, we're going to kind of flex our, our leadership here a little bit and just try to capture some of those um, people that are like in the process of evaluating. Mm-hmm. So there, there's very much a, a, a lead gen kind of thing, whereas Amplitude is um, orders of magnitude smaller than Google Analytics. 
<laughs> right. And, you know, they're trying to just out there raise awareness of the brand and the product. And so I think that is is probably what drove the, the differences and approaches. Mm. Yeah, that's super. That's great to keep in mind for sure. Federico, when it comes to partnering with SEO and SEM on your side, like, do you have specific contractors that you work with? Like how, how do, how much do you still personally handle versus outsource? Okay. No, not, not, not that we're uh, talking about stack against and not my, probably my personal career as a copywriter. Mm-hmm. We do it all in-house. Got it. Uh, and that starts from uh, the strategy, right? Uh, because uh, when you're thinking about comparison pages and, and comparison based content, uh, you first have to nail uh, the strategy because different keywords are going to have different intent for Google. And you want to make sure that you are pushing the right content to match that intent. Because, for example, uh, if you Google and you can, tr- all of you can try it now and you're going to see the results. If you Google, for example, MailChimp alternatives, you're gonna see that Google shows you all these articles uh, that are uh, 10 MailChimp alternatives, or maybe with some variations of that, right? 15 free MailChimp alternatives or 12 MailChimp alternatives for uh, small businesses, right? But what is Google trying to tell you? We want this kind of content for this particular keyword. We want uh, a, a listicle, a roundup article, reviewing multiple products. But if you obviously, if you try uh, MailChimp versus ConvertKit or MailChimp versus MailerLite, whatever competitor you choose, you're gonna get a lot of head-to-head comparison pages. You're gonna go more to the sales page, the kind of pages that JJ uh, was describing just now. Uh, And again, you have to figure out what are your chances at ranking for different keywords, because for some spaces, you're never going to rank with a MailChimp versus whatever competitor if Google is telling you, I want a listicle here. But then for, for, for other spaces, there's still the opportunity of ranking. For, continuing, continuing that example, you could build a mailer light versus MailChimp page where you target the, the keyword MailChimp alternative. And if that wasn't still a very a highly competitive space, you could still rank for that keyword. But then again, you have to start by analyzing the intent behind the keyword. And then from that point on uh, saying, okay, we need an article here, a listicle, or we need a head-to-head comparison page. And the content is going to be widely different. Mm-hmm. Then you write the page, you, you, you research it, you write it. And then uh, at the end of it, our process includes something uh, similar to what JJ uh, said. We do a final SEO optimization. Once the client approves the initial draft, we go back to the page, we drop the, the target keyword on, on one of our SEO tools, and it kind of guides you in terms of these are the keywords that you should be using. These are, these are the kind of phrases or words that you need to include on your page if you want to rank for this keyword. And we do that SEO optimization round. Mm. Yeah, that's one of those things where whenever I think about uh, competitive pages. I just think about the versus pages because those are usually the ones where I'm directly involved with. Like as a product marketer or competitive Intel specialist at ClickUp, I'm usually just directly involved with, uh, you know, ClickUp versus X, ClickUp versus Y. I, I always forget that there are so many other opportunities out there in terms of r- ranking for, you know, competitive landing pages. You have like the, the alternative list pages, you have top alternatives to X, 
to why. And so there's a ton of opportunity out there that I think people typically don't think about when they think about just competitive intelligence plus SEO. Um, I would really quickly like to pivot over back to you, JJ, because I want to talk through how you've, because we talked about Adobe, we've talked about Amplitude, we've talked about SaaS, all good stuff. Most of us here are in SaaS. I want to talk about your side hustle and how you've, uh, how you've used SEO to your advantage. So give us a little bit of a walkthrough for what your side business is and how you've used SEO to, to really increase business. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my side hustle is a little, uh, unusual, but it's fun. Um, my wife and I rent inflatable paddle boards out of our garage. Uh, we live by a couple of lakes here in Utah. And so it's a, it's a pretty popular pastime here. Um, and there's some local rental shops that, that do it as well. Mostly like ski shops that are, you know, in the winter they rent skis and then they got to do something in the summer. So they rent paddle boards and kayaks and stuff like that. And, um, we just decided that, you know, this is something we wanted to, to try out and um, we started doing it, but I wanted to make sure that it was, um, you know, that we weren't just doing it as a hobby, like renting them on, on the local classifieds or whatever. I wanted to, like, if I was going to do it, I was going to do it serious. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I dove in, learned everything I could about SEO and kind of combined that with my competitive Intel background. You know, I wanted to make sure that it was like, you know, a differentiated experience from the ski shops. So whereas they're renting hard tops, hard top boards, and you have to haul them in a truck or, uh, you know, so we rent inflatables, so you can fit them in your trunk of a car. It's really easy to haul. Um, people just like pick up and drop off on our porch. Like everything's automated. I have bookable stuff on my website. So you don't have to ever like, um, really, like I don't ever have to see them. I just like leave it on my porch. <laughs> it's I usually the do perfect all. business. You don't have to see anybody. Just take it. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. So, so yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. The, the SEO part of it is, is, um, you know, I, because these are like established ski shops, um, I had to learn SEO so that I could get found on Google and get found above them. So I, you know, I do things like I have a, a business profile on maps so people can find me on maps. Um, I, I optimize the site so that it's specifically for paddleboard rentals. And so that's what helps me rank higher than in these rental shops is because it, I, I focus on the niche, whereas they're more general. Um, and then the other aspect of it is, is the blogs. And so, like I mentioned this with Amplitude, they, how they have uh, the, their blogs for the comparison pages, but I have informational blogs about where to go and like the best lakes in Southern Utah and the best lakes in Northern Utah. And, and, and then within those, I'll link to the local shops that I'll provide. And of course, like we're on that list as well. And I do some comparisons where it's like, you know, you can rent from the local marina for, you know, $40 for two hours, or you can rent from us where it's 28 bucks. It's all day. It's inflatable. You can take it wherever you want. You can take it for the weekend. So I kind of list out that like we're cheaper, but there's also all these other benefits. Um, but it's, it's the blog really that's, that's uh, kind of the trick and driving traffic. Like I do rank for like paddleboard rentals near me. Um, I've ranked for number one for that, but I also rank for a bunch of different stuff. Like I said, like, um, different lakes. And so I have, I probably have like 20 different blogs about, about local paddleboarding stuff, but then I do the kind of embed the comparisons within those. Mm. Dude, that's awesome. I love how, how you're able to jump in and, uh, and create like, a, like how much of your current business or like the incoming, um, of inquiries to rent the paddle boards, how much can you attribute 
to the SEO work that you that you've done? Is it the, the majority of it? Yeah, like ninety nine percent of it. We tried we tried social media like Facebook and Instagram, and you know we got a decent following, but every time we'd ask people where they heard about us, it was always Google. Like I we never got any business from from social media. Man. So we actually we stopped doing that because it was like, why are we spending time? Yeah on social media if it's not generating business so we you know that's we just focus on the blog and seo that's incredible what are so let's jump into tools now okay because i want to hear how jj like again side kind of income side business type of thing you're kind of doing this on your own time yet you've been able to figure out how to rank number one and with all these different blogs and keywords. So what are some resources you used? Uh, number one, just to learn about SEO on your own. And then what are like, what are some tools that you use um, to help optimize those blogs? Yeah. The, the, so the first thing, when I started doing this, I went to the, I was still at Adobe and I went to the SEO guy and I, you know, I was like, what, what'd you, there you, what go. Would you he said, uh, read a book called, I thought we would, I, uh, I wrote down, they ask you answer. So it's called, they ask you answer. It's this guy who had a pool cleaning business. And during the, the great recession, it, you know, business was, was dropping. And so he decided to invest in SEO and figure things out. And that's where I, I took this approach of, of blogging, generating business, right. Is uh, he started blogging about, you know, cement pools versus uh, other types of pools. And, and doing these very like informational posts that eventually would rank and kind of, you know, helped him uh, develop this like thought leadership in the space. And eventually his business took off because everybody saw him as this like very, very kind of objective, unbiased um, knowledge expert, right? Uh, so that's the approach that I tried to take with my business is just being like, like the knowledge expert for local paddleboarding and where to go and the best types of boards and all that kind of stuff. Um, so that was the first thing they ask you answer. And like the other stuff that I've learned is just on YouTube videos with, with, um, companies like Uber suggest or SEM rush, they have a ton of content out there to help you learn SEO and at least enough to, to get started and be knowledgeable about it. Um, and then what I use for keyword research is a tool called key search. Nice. That's interesting. You, you took the, uh, you took the amplitude strategy of being kind of the knowledge expert before you were even at amplitude. Yeah. So that's yeah. cool. That's cool. Nice. What about, what about you, Federico? What, are, what, what are resources have you, I, I remember you mentioned one specific uh, blog that you really like to just kind of keep up on, on, uh, on what's what, but what are some other tools um, that you use with your, with your tech stack? Yeah. The blog is SEO notebook. Um, Mara posted the link to that. Uh, in the chat earlier, uh, it's a, it's a great resource. Um, first of all, because the tips are, are are so so clear that anybody can understand how to implement it. You don't have to be an SEO expert, and it, it's not this overwhelming guide like getting you from A to to Z. It's just one note per week, so it's very easy to 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 digest. Um, tools we have a, a our, our process basically includes looking at SEO. Uh, two different times when we're researching strategy, like I said, and for that we use uh, the a the keywords everywhere API to research these different kind of uh, competitor-based keywords. Now we use our own tool, which is connected to that API. So if you guys want to use the product directly, you can try keywords everywhere. It's a very simple. It's a Chrome extension. You enter your keywords, and you get a list of uh, search volume and rank by search volume and other data points. 
And then uh, for SEO, um, for the on-page SEO optimization, which is this, this process of reviewing your draft and your content based on um, adding keywords that Google wants to see on your page. So they rank you for your target keyword. We use Surfer, uh, Surfer SEO. Uh, but again, in the chat, I suggested other, other alternatives in case you want to explore some ideas. Nice. Perfect. And um, so a couple of things. Number one, if anybody has questions, pop them in the chat and we'll ask here in a, a few minutes. Um, okay. JJ just put in his rentals website in the chat too, if anybody wants to check it out. So the last thing that I wanted to touch on before we get to Q and a, um, Federico, so you launched a new product, uh, competitive keyword generator. It's live on product yes. hunt today. This is really cool. Everyone. I, I just checked it out, um, voted for it on product hunt. And, uh, so I wanted to ask Federico to kind of give us a walkthrough of, of what this looks like, how you might be able to use it. Um, so Federico, do you want to take it away? Yep. Awesome. It's going to be a collaborative uh, experience. There's the link uh, to the competitive keyword generator. Here we go. Okay, yep. you can do it yourself. I can do it myself. Awesome. Yep. Yeah, we can try anything. We can try something from the audience. We pick a, a winner from the audience. We can try ClickUp or we can try whatever product you can think of. Like, Someone give uh, me a company. Someone give me a company, any company. Post in the chat. Starbucks. What was do that? Starbucks. Starbucks. Okay, let's do Starbucks. Easy. Everybody knows Starbucks. Everybody knows Starbucks. Okay, next. So competitors, what do you think? And now uh, you have to list competitors. Coffee bean. Coffee bean. Dunkin'. Uh, Dunkin' Donuts. One more. McDonald's could be. McDonald's. Great. Okay, cool. We got three. Next. Okay, you go next. And then you have to enter an email. You can enter whatever you want there. I'm still going to have access to the report uh, instantly. Maybe if you get the email before I yeah, get Yeah, I'm checking here, my email right now. You can check that up. Here we go. And I got my list too. So everyone, if you want to see like what this email looks like. You got it too. Right. Awesome. Competitive keyword report for Starbucks is ready. Uh, discover your best SEO opportunities for comparison. Da, da, da. Get the report. All right. Look at this. How cool is this? It runs all the keywords, uh, all, the, all the competitors based on those keywords. So you can see the easy uh, way to think about this is go to search volume and, ser and sort by uh, Z to A. And now you're easily going to see the, the biggest keywords. Does that mean those are the ones that you need to target? No, there's an extra layer of analysis that you need here, which is uh, how do you, uh, how does this feed your business strategy? How, uh, how much of a chance do you have to rank for those keywords? Because the biggest, uh, the keywords with bigger search volume are gonna have more competition too. So you gotta see uh, which companies are already ranking for those keywords and, and if you have an opportunity to outrank them. But basically from, from this ranking point of view by search volume, you can now see your biggest opportunities. And then you have, for example, row number 12, Starbucks versus Dunkin' Donuts could be a really interesting comparison page. Mm. And then you also have CPC, because if you want to run uh, SCM, which is a, a very uh, standard um, strategy for SaaS, right? If you want to run paid ads for these keywords, you can also check out uh, how much that could cost you. But um, yeah, and then you have the column uh, F strategy that kind of like gives you uh, an overall idea of how do you want to use this keyword? Do you want to use this to rank organically? Do you want to use this for PPC? Because depending on the intent of the keyword, you're going to have better chances of ranking for that organically or just 
beating on, on that keyword. Mm. And then a, a few videos from me uh, to kind of like detail in a quick video how to use that keyword for your content. Nice. I love this. This is so, this is incredible. What, um, so this is what you would primarily use this at the very beginning phase of when you're planning out like a, a landing page strategy, right? Correct. We use these uh, as a lead generation tool. Somebody that is researching these, they, they want to get this information and maybe they, that starts a conversation with us, but we also use it uh, internally. Like we, sometimes we have clients approach us and say, we're considering these competitors and they give you like a list of 12. Right, we run all of those uh, competitors here, and we start consulting with them and saying we should target this, this, mm. and that. Right. So instead of like hunting and pecking, you have like a, a massive list of competitors. You can put them all in here, and you can figure out, okay, no, these are the ones. These are the these are the keywords. These are the competitors that are like the lowest hanging fruit. Yeah, exactly. You can go crazy. You can go on G two and grab all the competitors listed on your categories. Right. And just run them through the competitive keyword generator. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And congrats on the lot on the launch. I hope that it goes well in product. Hunt. Again, everyone, um, uh, actually, Federico, if you want to put the product hunt yes. link in the chat, anyone, uh, it took me like two minutes to create a product hunt uh, username and account. Go and upvote it just so that uh, Federico gets as much traction on this as possible. I think this tool is incredible. I think it's going to be really helpful for a lot of folks, especially those that. Um, might have a small SEO team or just competitive Intel team in general, and they need some, uh, just a little bit of help when they're trying to figure out the strategy of like exactly who they should be going for, what keywords they should be going for. Great way to, to gain some initial traction. Love this. What, um, anybody have any questions? That, that was pretty much all I had for, uh, for questions for this session, but um, we have a little bit of time left. And so if anybody has any questions for Federico or JJ, uh, feel free to unmute and then uh, and we can talk about it. I'll, I'll Laura, a little bit of a chat that I want to address. She was asking if she if if you recommend doing feature comparisons or not. Yeah. Uh, so I, I wouldn't do kind of the you know the feature checklist comparison or things like that. Um, one of the things that that happened to me at Amplitude was our our competitor uh, mix panel, they had something like that up on their website. And we would use it as as FUD to say, well, look how dishonest they're being because mm. things that say we don't do, we actually can do. Mm -hmm. So I, I would I would avoid it. Yeah, that's a great question. There's um, I actually have an example of one that I love that it's kind of a kind of a feature comparison. It's kind of not. Um, it's toast versus cash registers. And shout out to Federico because he actually uh, <laughs> shared this one with me. But this this is honestly like my favorite use of uh, of feature comparisons, probably because okay, so toast cash registers. Um, at the, when you scroll, it really shows you like very limited features. It kind of like sections it off by different like value props, and then it only shows you like some of the features that roll up to that. Uh, value prop. So it's not like this massive feature comparison list, which I agree that I think those are super outdated. They're really tough to really like disseminate what's important, what's not. Um, and so they're taking kind of like the biggest value props for the target audience of who would actually be considering toast over cash registers. And they create specific kind of like bite-sized comparisons. And they also don't just do, you know, checks and X's. There's also some cases where they like explain what a check means. Um, and so in either case, I really love kind of like this layout. If you do go the feature comparison route where you, maybe you have like a technical kind of product 
where features are important. Um, I think this is a really smart way to go. So yeah, this is a uh, this is toast versus cash registers. Yeah, this is really well done. This is almost like a use case comparison, or like yeah, a... yeah, that's true. That's very true. Any other questions that folks have? Lisa's and comparison snacks. Love that. Avoid legal issues. How do you avoid legal issues uh, for either Federico or JJ? So we, uh, anytime we did anything public for the website, we always vetted it multiple times with our legal department and they would just kind of scrutinize and say like, you know, what's your source for this? Basically any claim that we make about competitors, they wanted to make sure we had um, some kind of verifiable evidence for it, whether it was something that they said online that's public or something that a customer said that we have documented proof of. Um, but that's that's how we avoided any sort of legal trouble is that we, uh, I mean, the whole process of writing the page was was with our, like in collaboration with our legal team. Yep, plus one to that, try to get them as, as involved as possible, make sure that you're saying things that you're allowed to say. Uh, yeah, these are kind of, these are tricky, especially too, uh, when you're talking about any other like third party, um, if you say something that's inaccurate and you have visibility, you'll, you'll get like a cease and desist pretty quickly. And so best to just avoid all of that altogether and, and just try to get the, the legal expertise in there early. Um, let me see what else we got here. Other comparison pages that you'd recommend as far as layout and content concerns. Federico, this is way up your alley because you have an entire podcast yeah. dedicated to this. So I'll let you take that. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, Glue has a great uh, resource. Uh, I don't have it at hand right now, but they 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 have the swipe file of I think 40 or more comparison pages. And for anybody that wants uh, my personal uh, swipe file, this is something that that's a project that I should put online at some point. Uh, but I do have a collection of uh, comparison pages that we love and some that we don't love so much, but we want to <laughs> remind ourselves how not to do certain stuff. Uh, so anybody that wants to get access to that swipe file, I I'll happily share that. Just shoot me your, I, I share my email there, federico at stackagains.com. If you want to reach out, I can totally share that with you guys. Um, and then um, Lise is asking, uh which podcast or episodes uh have the most actionable content i would say um we did a we did a show with clue uh, which is called compared to what and uh, we did a bunch of episodes which is basically my whole process to creating these comparison pages so uh let me get access to that compete network yeah, I can second that. It's a it's the entire show is dedicated to competitive comparisons, the best of, what to do, what not to do, the whole process. So definitely check that out. I can attest to that. Yeah, exactly. So here's access to uh, episode number five, which I think is the latest one. And then from here, you can probably find the rest. And episode six, I think is the last one. Uh, okay, no, episode six is also live. There's a final one, seven, but it's still uh, been edited. But from here, if you check right below the uh, the YouTube embed, you're gonna see you have a navigation to go back to previous and next episodes. Perfect. <clears throat> awesome. 
I'm going to share one more that I think is uh, really cool. Alex McDonald, he's uh, the CI lead over at Airtable. He he uh, shared this one with me. It's GitLab and how they compare against a bunch of uh, competitors within their space. And like, you know how we just talked about, yeah, feature comparisons, try not to go that route. They took that route and then they like quadrupled down on this. And so you have all of the different like use cases for uh, that, that typically come with their buyer persona. And then they talk through like all of the different companies that uh, that can that at least claim to um, satisfy that use case. And so, you know, plan, create, verify, and then they have this entire list of all the competitors. And then when you click, it'll share like, okay, GitLab versus GitHub and like super in-depth, like breakdown of how exactly they they compare. And number one, so obviously this would take an insane amount of time to maintain because I think that's the biggest risk with some of these things is they could go out of date really, really quickly. And so my guess is these pages perform really, really well for them. Otherwise, I, I, I have no idea how they would be able to maintain this. I'm sure they have somebody that's working full time to make sure that they're up to date. Otherwise, again, all these, a lot of these are well-known uh, vendors. I'm sure if they get a whiff of something inaccurate being displayed here, they'll send a bunch of different legal notices. And so, you know, there's different kind of sides to the equation of, uh, of how feature specific you want to get, but this is definitely on the heavier side. I really like it just because it's so intense um, and, and yeah, I haven't seen anything quite this in depth before, but I really like the way it's laid out, even though I'm not at all, uh, in the DevOps world. So I, I have no idea how accurate any of that stuff is. I'm just like, oh, this looks really cool. I like the concept. Can I, can I share something about our experience in yeah. terms of legal issues? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we know it's a risk, right? Uh, and please, if you're doing comparison pages, uh, do checking with legal before publishing. Uh, but we've, we've, we've done, I don't know, I, I think I, I counted them all the other day, close to a hundred comparison pages already for different competitors, uh, for, for different clients. And we only had one where we got a, a letter from a competitor. It, it, it was a, quite a big uh, competitor, uh, very competitive space. But the reality, guys, is that I don't see a lot of these companies being, I, I don't want to say, I, I don't want to take this lightly, but I don't see competitors like nitpicking every period and comma on your content. We only had it once and it wasn't even a cease and desist. It was a friendly email saying, hey guys, <laughs> I know you launched uh, this page. There's a couple of things where we feel you're not being entirely accurate. Can you fix this? And then we just fix that and we send that back to them and, and they say, okay, cool. This looks fine. Granted, they already had a comparison page versus our client already before we launched uh, the one against them. Uh, but it was a very friendly interaction, very easy to fix and uh, no legal, uh, no legal uh, um, how do you say, uh, challenges or struggles whatsoever to, to, to handle. Yeah, it's the name of the game for a lot of companies, especially in mature markets where there are a lot of options. There are existing landing pages out there. You know, it's it's a pretty common practice. And so, yeah, as long as you're not a jerk about it, a lot of cases yep. um, people understand as long as you're swift with responses and trying to and getting things right. 
Exactly. Great. Federico, JJ, this was an awesome conversation. I had a lot of fun um, and we had some really great questions. So I'm glad that folks were interested in this topic. Thanks everyone for joining. I'm gonna cut it here. Uh, I'm going to post the recording a little bit later on uh, within the healthy competition community. And so thanks everyone for joining. We'll see you next time. Thanks for having me. Thanks, thanks guys. Later.